in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Thursday morning to you, December 29th, 7 a.m. Brenda and Patrick with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you for tuning in on this last morning blend of 2022. Oh. We're he- I know, it's so sad. We're heading into the holiday weekend, and so the staff will not be here tomorrow. Thank you very much, Patrick, uh, for the, the holiday. But uh, it's the last Thursday. All of these lasts of the year has been happening this week. It's also the last day, Patrick, you're going to be with us on the Morning Blend. A, a little bittersweet, but I have to tell you, I, I am looking forward to resuming that love affair with my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so in broadcasting, we were talking over the week a little bit, in case people haven't listened, you have been in broadcasting for really all of your career, uh, but you were more of a afternoon, late night host. Right, right. I, I did mornings, so probably about five years, but the bulk of my career was afternoons and, and, and nights. Yeah, and I actually started working overnights. That was my first wow. real full-time job in radio was working midnight to five. Um, yeah, that was, <laughs> there were a lot of interesting things that happened midnight to five. I can wow. tell you that. A lot. Uh, you wonder, of course, people who, all the people who are working graveyard shifts, you kind of feel like sometimes you just live in the dark because... That's all you saw is, you know, and put the blackout curtains on the windows so you could sleep during the day. day. Right. Yeah. It was uh, definitely a change of lifestyle. I guess my body kind of adjusted to that, too. I did that for a few years and then moved to nights. And um, yeah, but mornings, uh, like I said, about five years of doing that used to host a show called The Get Up Gang. And <laughs> the get up gang, the is get that, up was gang. that in Texas? Yes, it was in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. That was a lot of fun, but I never really adjusted to getting up early until recently. And, you know, I got to thinking about it. I get up about five, five thirty every morning, just get up. You know, I don't need an alarm, but getting up at four thirty with the alarm is a little bit different. So I'm going to be kind of looking forward to sleeping in until five starting. That'll you know. feel like I, I laugh because people ask that too. And uh, both Dave and I will say the same, same thing on the weekends that it feels good. Uh, I, I still wake up about five, five thirty, but it's not having to rush out of bed to get up and get dressed and leave the house. That makes it feel restful, even though it's five o'clock in the morning you still feel like, yeah, I, I kind of can ease in. But I'll say this, uh, Patrick, for our listeners, I know that you get up early because I start getting messages on my phone in the morning where you're sending different things or notices because you're already up and early working from home uh, even before you come in. So. I got to do something to, walk, you know, go with the coffee. Yeah, and you're going <laughs> to check up and see what uh, David and I are going to be doing in but the morning. But this too. week I have drank more coffee, I think, <laughs> than the whole rest of the year. You know, uh-huh. it, this is been a definitely a caffeine fueled week uh but with the christmas holiday and then coming into this week so i i think i i, I my body wants me to kind of throttle back on that a little bit but oh. a lot of coffee this week <laughs> well good well thanks for for coming in this week it's, it's been a been, whole lot of fun it has been a blast yeah i hope the listeners have had as much fun as i have well i will just tell you this i got a phone call this week from my mom in san diego my mom and dad they still listen every morning and she just says you tell that patrick i sure like the sound of his voice <laughs> 
<laughs> thank you, Miss Blaze. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you know, I got to say a big thank you. I know that my children at home, they're still asleep. The dogs are asleep. The lights are off at my house. But I had a real pleasant surprise yesterday. Uh, my two kids took me out to dinner. Whoa, there they you said, go. Our Christmas present for mom, because my Scott is actually away at a conference, Encounter Ministries. Some people have heard uh-huh, about it. It's sure. a healing ministries program. So he's there this week. So it's me and the kids at home. And they're like, Mom, you did so much work during the Christmas holiday. We want to take you out. So I got to know, what, where'd you go? What'd you have? Okay, so this is fantastic. We went to, because it was kind of like a dinner and a show, where I should say show and a dinner. There's a Japanese steakhouse in Vancouver called Kyoto. And it's one of those places where they cook the meal in front of you. They've oh. got like the big grill and stuff. So we sat down, uh, the three of us, and there was a group with us, because you all sit at the same table. There was about 10 of them. And they were celebrating their son's 21st birthday. (laughs) So we all had a drink and cheers him. Let's just say that alone can make any dinner party a little bit of fun. But we had a great evening. Now, I've decided that it is time and events that I want to do as gift. I don't need more stuff Uh in my house. What I want is time with the family oh. and and to have them come up with this and say, we're going to take you out. And uh, they even drove. They drove my car, but they <laughs> even drove me over there so I could look out the window uh, as we went over there. So I got to know, did they do the onion volcano? They did the onion Ooh. volcano. There you go. And, and they, I mean, they fire it up in there. <laughs> I'm surprised those sprinklers on the, over the head uh, don't go off more often, but uh, and it was a full house there. I mean, they had... I Because it's still Christmas. 50, yeah, people are celebrating still. There were about four birthdays. We I sang every one. I don't know who these people were, but uh, it was just a great evening. So thanks to my kids. We got a full Thursday show coming up, Patrick. I'm looking forward to it. Our good friend Deacon Harold Burke Sivers is going to come by. Not only that, but we're going to speak with the vocation director of the Archdiocese of Portland, and he will be here live. So a lot going on. And then you've got a tremendous interview on prison ministry coming up that I'm really looking forward to. That is so vital. And, you know, it's a corporal work of mercy. Absolutely. And we know that that is a ministry very dear to the heart of our Archbishop, Alex sample. So I will be talking to a different Alexander for that interview. So, well, stay with us. We got a great show ahead for you on this Thursday morning. We're going to start things again with beautiful Christmas music. Here's Danielle Rose, star of Bethlehem. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. I'm only one among the millions. Look at all the different stars What can I do for my Lord Jesus? He was born in Bethlehem this starry night. Then the Lord said unto me, O little star of Bethlehem, I want you to be the one to show the way. I will magnify your soul so the whole wide world will know that the King of Peace was born on earth today. Jesus Christ, and I was chosen. 
from the east They were wandering They were searching to find Jesus in the night When they saw me, little star, at my rising They saw streams of love come flashing from my life So I led them on through darkness to behold the newborn king Then I stopped over the place where Jesus lay With the gift of my small light, the magi became filled with joy They found Mary with her child and bowed in praise And I was chosen to shine the light, to show the Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life, celebrating this fifth day of Christmas with Daniel Rose and the Star of Bethlehem. And during the Christmas season, always a good time to do a corporal work of mercy, including visiting the prisoners. And Brenda will take a look at what's going on with prison ministry around the Archdiocese of Portland after we check our rainy weather next. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. 
order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. There are more than two dozen feast days dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary in 2023. How do you stay on top of them all? The easiest way is Day Radio's Marian calendar. Get yours today before the new year moves too far along and our limited supply runs out. Just go to the Christmas resources at MatraDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and we'll promptly send you one of these colorful calendars free. It features magnificent artwork, uplifting messages of faith, and a full listing of all Our Lady's feast days in 2023. Start the new year right with this stunning display of spiritual motivation for your home, office, workshop, or anywhere you can use a little reminder that Our Lady is praying for you. Get your 2023 Marian calendar now before they're all gone in the Christmas resources section on the Hail Mary Media app or MatraDayRadio.com. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 713 at Matraday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary and uh, rain, rain, go away. It's here to stay. 90% chance of rain today, high near 46. And for tonight, 100% chance of rain with a low at 46. So I think we're going to stay right around 46 through the day today. Tomorrow, 80% chance of rain, high bouncing up to 48. Right now, it's 40 at St. John Fisher in West Portland. Well, for many years, the prisons in Western Oregon have been served by tremendously dedicated Catholic volunteers, both lay and ordained, who have answered the call to minister to our brothers and sisters who are incarcerated. Well, prison ministries is a challenging yet rewarding ministry to become involved in. And those involved in prison ministries in the Archdiocese of Portland, they feel a true calling to this work. And we're blessed to have a rich history of ministry to those in jails and prison in our own archdiocese. Well, joining me this morning to share more about his involvement and how this might be a calling for you is Alexander Ross. Good morning, Alexander. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Brenda. Well, first, Alexander, I think for our listeners would be interested to know, how did you first become interested and involved in prison ministries yourself? I'm a cradle Catholic, so I was raised with Jesus's golden rule and canonic love on the cross. I was a special education teacher in Brooklyn, New York from 2011 to 2015, where I taught five to nine-year-olds, and I got to know firsthand uh, what the school-to-prison pipeline was, um, especially in predominantly black and brown communities. And through partnering with families, I got to learn and be part of solutions. And during some ministerial formation, I got to be involved in prison ministry for the first time. And I, when I moved here to Portland into the Archdiocese in 2018, I started to get involved as a volunteer going in to the Columbia River Correctional Institute uh, near the airport about every two to four weeks. Once the pandemic came about, that shifted things up. And so volunteers really haven't been able to get in. But now that 
some restrictions are being lifted, uh, I and other volunteers are starting to get back in, but we could use some, we could use some more helping hands with volunteers. Mm. Oh, for sure. Well, Alexander, when we talk about prison ministries, is that strictly just working with the person who is incarcerated or does it involve also working with victims and for family members who are left behind when a, a, a parent is, is incarcerated? I mean, who's involved in the entire ministry? That's a great question. When I first emailed the Archdiocesan contact person through the Archdiocesan website back in 2019, they told me that our ministry is about helping Catholic volunteers who are going into prisons and jails in the archdiocese. In the archdiocese. There are four prisons and four, par- four prisons um, that are really underserved at the moment. Um, and our job is to assist anybody who is, quote, touched by crime who needs assistance. So that does include victims, families of the incarcerated, and people leaving prisons and returning to communities who need tremendous support and assistance. At Columbia River, my role is to work directly with the offenders to preach freedom and reconciliation, to help them to explore responsibility and to receive God's healing. There are other ministries and ways to be involved that do work with victims and the families of the incarcerated, but I am working directly with the offenders in in the in the prison. If you are just joining us this morning, I'm talking with Alexander Roth. Alexander is a parishioner at Holy Redeemer Parish here in Portland, but is involved at the Archdiocese level within prison ministries. He's joining me today to talk about his work in the prisons and also about ways that well, you can also involve yourself in this very needed ministry. Well, for our listeners, it does sound a little daunting, the idea of entering into a prison and, and working with offenders. Then you said before the pandemic, you were had a kind of a routine. And now since things are starting to ease, you're coming back into the prisons. Can you maybe share with our listeners a little bit more about what's your experience? You know, maybe really from the time that you step out of your vehicle at, at the prison or jail and then and then walk us through the process of, of how you spend your time there. It is daunting. There are the chain link fences with barbed wire. It's a little imposing. In order to enter, you have there's screening, um, there's metal detectors, there are many guards, it's strict protocols. We're not messing around. And when I go in, I'm every time read a statement that I'm taking risks and uh, I'm there, there are dangers as part of it. That's all preparatory. And as I've gone in, we take safety protocols very seriously. The prison would not be setting us up for, uh, for trouble. So there are guards around. And once we get in to the actual prayer time, there's a culture of warmth and belonging where I'm working with all men, and some of the other volunteers are women, and um, 
and we go in and we sing and there's smiling and laughter. And we know the whole time that we're all broken people and we've all sinned. And some of us have committed more egregious crimes and sins um, against God and against our, uh, against our neighbors. And so we're entering in with humility and knowing that we're all in need of healing and some of the some of the men don't. I, I never hear. I don't ask them. What did you do um, mm. to get yourselves in here? Um, if they want to share something, and some of them are very open about it, um, we receive that with reverence um, and and gratitude for them sharing these difficult things. Um, we're very clear about boundaries between volunteers and the men. Um, and it's been really helped by, there was a formation program that myself and 16 other lay faithful from the Archdiocese of Portland took, took part in. And that formation, uh, which was last summer of 2021 was about eight weeks long. And it really helped, um, to prepare myself and the others to enter into this, to know what to expect and to know how to, help instead of perpetuating difficulties. Alexander, when you are entering the prisons and working with these group of people, are you working with those who identify as Catholics or do you open up your your ministry for all those who uh, need need this type of ministry in their life? At Columbia River Correctional Institute or CRCI, we pray a liturgy of the word in anticipation of the upcoming Sunday's mass. So it's has a liturgical feel um, where we are opening with song and a um, confidier and praying with the scriptures and praying the Lord's prayer. Some of uh, the men who come are Catholic and some of them are very well catechized. Um, some are Catholic and not well catechized, and others are maybe Christian from a different um, denomination, or <laughs> you get people in for so many different reasons. Some, uh, they're really like aware of their need for God's grace through Jesus Christ and the Church. Some are just looking to for something to do, uh, mm. you know, just to get out of their cells. So you really get a gambit and everybody walks in and by the time they walk out, they feel loved. Uh, They grow in closeness with their fellow um, inmates. And they've also left, they leave with something to to reflect on uh, moving forward when it comes to God's love for us and God's justice and healing. You know, that's really amazing. I mean, I think that is where God's grace is always ready to be poured out on those in need. Alexander Roth is joining me today. We're talking about ministry within the prison and those who are incarcerated. Alexander, I've enjoyed our conversation so much. There's a lot of information here, but I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue our discussion in the next half hour? Of course. 
723 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is the fifth day of Christmas, a good day to grab the golden ring. And by that, we mean the Hail Mary Media app. It's a great place for you to find resources to go deeper in your faith for the brand new year, including the 2023 Marian calendar. You can find that at MaterDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at BiancoDentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Are you an early riser or commuter who desires to attend daily Mass but can't given your current work schedule? Holy Rosary Parish in Northeast Portland is now offering an extraordinary form of the Dominican Rite Monday through Saturday at 6 a.m. in addition to their 7 a.m. and noontime Masses. It's quiet, peaceful, and approximately 30 minutes in length. The new extraordinary form of the Dominican Rite Mass Monday through Saturday at 6 a.m. For more information, go to holyrosarypdx.org. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Want an eye-opener in the morning without the caffeine? It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 725 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life and power crews working diligently to restore electricity across the Pacific Northwest. We'll give you an update on how that's progressing just ahead. And the Vatican issues an update on the status of Pope Benedict. I'll have that for you coming up in news. Here is Sean Garrison. God alone. And we are Patrick and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. of gladness for the Lord the most high the awesome is the great king over all the earth sing praise to the Lord sing praise sing praise to our king sing praise in God alone my soul rejoices in God alone my spirit sings he alone my strength my fortress Pour out my heart in praise to God alone.
Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Sean Garrison and Sarah Kroger, God Alone. It's 7.30. And in your news this hour, Pope Emeritus Benedict Sixteenth condition is serious but stable, the Vatican said on Thursday. Here's his statement released from the Vatican. Pope Francis has asked for special prayers for the Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, whom he said is very ill. Concluding the general audience on Wednesday morning, the Pope said, in silence, he is sustaining the Church. Answering questions put to him by journalists, the director of the Vatican Press Office, Matteo Bruni, confirmed that in the last few hours there has been an aggravation of Benedict XVI's health due to advancing age. He added that the situation at the moment remains under control and that the Pope Emeritus is constantly monitored by doctors. Now, the Vatican issued that statement asking the world and the faithful to pray for Pope Francis. On Mater Dei Radio social media platforms, we have shared a prayer and with hopes to have that recorded for you on the Hail Mary media app. Hundreds of power crew members are still working to repair widespread damage and restore power to customers after more than 150,000 outages on Tuesday following a winter storm here in the Pacific Northwest. Pacific Power, PGE, and their contact crews are working round the clock to restore power to all customers. 
Pacific Power and PGE said they expect to get the lights, all of them, turned back on for most people within the next day or two. But PGE said due to the severity of the winds and the number of outages, they expect that to extend into the weekend. As of 726 this morning, almost 700 outages still remain, affecting 9,100 customers. Wow, that is incredible. we got to thank our workers in the industry. They go out in the storm and the cold and the wind to ensure that we get our power back on. So thank your electrical workers. And they work fast. And you consider how dangerous that work oh. is. It's pretty amazing. It's, so absolutely thank them. <laughs> there was the, isn't there this rule about electricity and water, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> they don't mix. Absolutely not. Multiple regions of Ukraine, including its capital, faced a massive Russian missile attack this morning. The biggest wave of strikes in weeks targeting power stations and other critical infrastructure during freezing weather. Air raid sirens rang out across the country. And preliminary reports showed that Russia fired 69 missiles at energy facilities and Ukrainian forces shot down 54 of them. Several people were wounded, although there are no immediate reports of any deaths. Well, detectives seized more than two dozen guns and nearly 60 pounds of different narcotics in Salem on Tuesday, part of a month-long investigation into drug and gun dealing and manufacturing in the area, according to Salem Police Department. Now, the sting started with a traffic stop on Tuesday, and in the vehicle, detectives reported finding two loaded handguns, cash, and plastic bags full of the powerful synthetic opioid fentanyl. Salem police estimated that taken all together, the drugs seized in the car and at the home had a street value of just under $700,000. Now, Salem Police Chief Trevor Womack said this work is being accomplished by detectives through the Safe Streets Project. Now, this task force includes the Salem Police Department working in collaboration with multiple federal law enforcement agencies and the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Oregon. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler presented Oregon Governor-elect Tina Kotak and lawmakers with an expansive list of policy and funding requests yesterday, including ask aimed at addressing homelessness, building affordable housing, and decreasing traffic fatalities. Wheeler provided Kotak with a written copy of his request at their weekly meeting yesterday. Wheeler is asking Kotak to declare a homelessness state of emergency in Oregon, something Kotak promised to do during her campaign for governor. The mayor's office asked that the emergency declaration include state assistance to help the city plan and construct designated camping sites and additional resources for behavioral, mental, and physical health supports. Patrick, you uh, lived a little bit of time in Houston, did you? I did, 13 years. 13 years. Well, what's up with the bats there? Some 1,600 bats, as Whoa. in not the kind that you play baseball with, but bat flying around found a temporary home this week in the attic of a houston humane society director but it wasn't because they made it their roost it was because it was a temporary recovery space for the flying mammals after they lost their grip and plunged to the pavement after going into hypothermic shock during the city's recent cold snap on wednesday over 1500 were released back to their natural habitat under two Houston area bridges after wildlife rescuers scooped them up and saved them by administering fluids and keeping them warm in incubators. That Humane Society 
Well, they're now raising money to actually build a facility upgrades that would include a bat room. What? A bat room? Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I lived in Austin 10 years, too, and grew up in the Austin area, and they are really known for their bats in that area. And, you know, they'll come out in the evenings, and you'll see these big bat colonies. It's, it's really quite amazing. There's one downtown that's uh, kind of famous. People actually gather to, to watch that. And uh, But Houston, I you know, I lived there 13 years and never heard anything about bats in Houston. So that that's just batty. Of course. <laughs> hey, in sports, what a game last night. The Oregon Ducks ended Coach Dan Lanning's first season last night with a dramatic last-minute victory over North Carolina in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. The Ducks trailed for most of the second half, but with just 19 seconds left in the fourth quarter, Oregon quarterback Bo Nix threw a touchdown pass to Chase Cotta to tie the score at 27. Then it really got crazy. The <laughs> Ducks kicked an extra extra point that bounced off the uprights oh. but stayed good. What? Yeah, it bounced the right way and 28-27 the Ducks win. Oregon ends its season 10 and 3. It was the first football game played at Petco Park and it was what a setting for the game. It was just gorgeous there but Oh, the finish on that game was dramatic, to say the least, and, and the Ducks got the W. It looked like it was a beautiful evening in San Diego. I had a few friends that were in attendance there at the Petco Field, which is the baseball stadium for the Padres, but it was a beautiful evening, apparently, in San Diego. They said, you don't need a filter to watch that sunset. It was absolutely gorgeous, so it looked like it was a great evening. Uh, there for the Holiday Bowl. Good crowd, too. It looked like a really good crowd came down from Oregon for the game. And speaking of football, I, I got to get this one in because uh, the Cowboys play tonight. They travel to Music City to take on the Tennessee Titans. 5-15 kickoff tonight. And uh, the Dallas has won five of their past six games. They're sitting in that final wild or the first wild card spot in the NFC. Meanwhile, Tennessee is on a five-game losing streak and in danger of missing the playoffs for the first time since 2018. 18. So if you didn't get enough football, the NFL is back tonight. Well, at times it can seem daunting to try to imitate the Holy Family. They were the perfect family and our own lives can appear to be far removed from their example. Well, tomorrow it is the feast of the Holy Family. Now, one of the easiest ways to imitate the Holy Family, well, it's simply to work. In fact, Pope St. John the 23rd pointed out in a radio message to workers on the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker in 1960, and he said this, How consoling it is to think that with his help, every Christian family engaged in work can faithfully reflect the example and image of the Holy Family of Nazareth in which constant industriousness, despite the trials of life, was joined with the most ardent love of God and with a generous adjustment to his lovable wishes. Now, you can imitate the Holy Family by simply working your daily job, whether it's in a factory, office, or even at home. The Holy Family was engaged in work through St. Joseph's profession, which Jesus took up and continued until the time of his public ministry. Jesus sanctified work and showed us the way to finding meaning in our own vocations. But the key to elevating your work is to offer it up to God, uniting yourself with the Holy Family in everyday work. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. 
And this Saturday at 9 a.m., it is that weekly Catholic in Recovery meeting happening at Sacred Heart Parish here in Portland. Catholic in Recovery has resumed its Portland area general recovery meetings available to those dealing with any kind of addiction or unhealthy attachment. Used in connection with a faithful practice of the sacraments, there is great spiritual fruit in these meetings. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at materdayradio.com. You can also access it on the free Hail Mary media app. Brenda continues her interview on fascinating interview on the prison ministry. Plus, we'll take a look at that soggy forecast just ahead. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Thomas Nathy, the pastor of Holy Redeemer Parish in Vancouver, Washington. Let us pray the prayer for peace by St. Therese of Lisieux. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart, where none may touch them. Keep unstained their anointed hands, which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips, daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts, sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. Bless their labors with abundant fruit, and may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven their beautiful and everlasting crown. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. I am Father Cedric Bizania. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. We'll talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. 740 at Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 90% chance of rain tonight, rising up to a 100% chance of rain this evening. And the temperature, going to hit 46 and stay there through tomorrow. And it'll go up to 48 tomorrow with another 80% chance of rain. Uh, rainfall amounts between a quarter and half an inch are possible <laughs> before the weekend starts. Like we need more, right? Oh, always needing more. Currently, it is 42 degrees at St. Wenceslas Catholic Church out in Scapoose. And 41 at St. Michael the Archangel Parish in Sandy. 
And I am continuing now my conversation with Alexander Roth. In our first half hour, in our last half hour, Alexander joined me as we were talking about the Archdiocese Ministries to those incarcerated. Alexander has been a part of prison ministries for a number of years and joining me today to invite you to find the graces in serving those in need. Alexander, thank you so much for staying with me. It's a pleasure to be here, Brenda. Alexander, in our first half hour, we talked about how you first became involved in prison ministries uh, when you lived in New York. Remind our listeners a little bit about how the the umbrella of prison ministries and, and who they serve. It's not just our brothers and sisters who are behind bars, but, the, you know, the ministry really stretches out in a lot of different ways. Remind our listeners about that. Yeah, as we know, it's a corporal work of mercy, and the works of mercy are one of our archdiocese's uh, stated priorities, and it's a gift to me to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ conquering death. It's a wonderful opportunity for me to reflect on the ways that I've sinned and received God's healing and to be able to pass that message along. It's a gift for me that the guys with whom I work, they take and they get to leave um, knowing that they, we, we have a God of, of second chances. We have to take responsibility and accountability and change our ways and be converted. Um, but they go out and they live their lives, and I never see most of them again, but I never see any of them again. Um, mm-hmm. But they go out and they, they're changed people. And I have worked with people who have been formerly incarcerated in some past work that I've done who they're they're changed people um there is a great rate of recidivism and i think it's something like i have the statistic but it's something like um 70 of people who leave prison end up back in prison um which is which is Mm. crazy so there's a lot of internal and interior work that guys can do but they don't have to do but if they do do it and they learn to take accountability and responsibility and not just try to pass the buck or blame others. Um, They can be changed people when they leave. Um, And that can lead to unbelievable healing with, uh, in families with children, with estranged partners or other family members. And they learn to how to apologize, which is Mm. seeing for me, seeing God's mercy at work, getting to hear these guys stories and, you know, during our times of prayer, I can see, like, literally, like, see God's mercy washing, washing over them and see the looks on their faces of, oh, my God, like, I need, you know, I, I need this mercy and this grace. It's, it's incredible. It's such a gift for me. I'm talking with Alexander Roth this morning. He is part of Prison Ministries here in the Archdiocese of Portland. Alexander, just listening to you, uh, from my own experience, and I've never done ministry quite like prison ministries, but I know that when I am serving others and my ability to give to others, it, it just is multiplied within myself. I mean, what I learn from those that I am able to serve, I almost feel like, the greater gift is on my end because I learn more about who I am and I grow closer to God just by doing that. Do you find that to be the same thing for yourself? Absolutely. And to go into prisons is not going to be everybody's call at all. Like most of our listeners, I'd imagine, are not going to become volunteers or 
um, apply to become a volunteer um, just from listening to this. But there are so many ways to practice this. Um, many of our listeners will be familiar with the term restorative justice. There are two great organizations that I want to recommend, um, first of all, starting through the Archdiocese's website. Um, there are great resources there and great ways to learn and get involved, and there are just great resources online. And even just reading those and bringing them to prayer and conversation um, are a great way to start. A lot of this just happens in families and in neighborhoods and in workplaces, um, again, with this term restorative justice. Uh, finding ways to admit that difficult things have happened and maybe I've been hurt. Um, hey, you've, you've hurt me or, or maybe I know that I hurt you. And how did that, how did that affect you? I want to hear that. And so, um, accounting for harm and seeking God's healing and being able to recognize the dignity of the other, whether it's in our homes or uh, on the bus or whatever, in the supermarket, um, just practicing that restorative justice. There are so many ways to do it. Um, and prison is a way that I've been called, but that's um, there are so many different ways to, to practice this. Well, Alexander, for those who are listening, who think, you know, God is calling me uh, to a, a, a deeper relationship uh, with him, and it could be through prison ministries, what are the ways that you are looking for volunteers? Is it just those that uh, that you're needing people to be able to visit prisons, or for are there other ways that people can also involve themselves? The Archdiocese's website has links and a lot of resources. Whether it's I have friends who, for whatever reason, can't go into the prisons but maybe they write letters and taking 15 minutes to, uh, to write a letter of encouragement and care for somebody in prison, whether it's by name or not, um, that could be a great start. Um, there's, I, I love watching movies. Two movies that I highly recommend are Dead Man Walking from 1995 with Susan Sarandon. She won Best Actress. Um, it's really good. And then um, the Stephen King story, The Green Mile, uh, with Tom Hanks and um, Michael something Duncan. Um, they're so good. So if you're movie people, watch those movies and um, maybe ask yourself, how, um, where do I see myself in this movie in the different characters? Um, and especially Dead Man Walking, because it's a Catholic sister who's, um, who's one of the main characters played by Susan Sarandon. Um, how does how is she living out her faith by doing this? Um, what is the witness that she's offering? So I would say starting with the Archdiocese's website, the USCCB, United States Council of Catholic Bishops, also has great resources. So maybe just spending 15 minutes instead of browsing something unintentionally on the Internet uh, one of these nights, maybe just say, hey, I'm going to set 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever you have to um, just check out um, – Archdiocese of Portland, uh, Works of Mercy, and just go from there and, and bring it to prayer and ask God, um, yeah, how can I be part of um, the healing of my community? Alexander, how beautifully stated that is, and I just want to thank you so much for your time today, and thank you for sharing your experience with Prison Ministries. It's a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much, Brenda.
And again, that is Alexander Ross. We're talking about prison ministries here in the Archdiocese of Portland. Now, if you want to find out more information that some of what Alexander was talking about, I will be sure to add a link to where you can get right to the prison ministries page for the Archdiocese of Portland. And I'm going to include that link on the podcast of this interview. You're going to find it at materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. 752 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And after 35 nights and more than 150 choirs, the Grotto's Christmas Festival of Lights comes to an end tomorrow, Brenda. It's hard to believe it's already uh, almost over. It seems like it just started. Uh, what a celebration it's been. I know in talking to Chris Blanchard out at the Grotto, it's been a record year. Looks like they're going to set a record for the year. Coming back from COVID, it's been very exciting, but... Uh, performances tonight should be exciting that tomorrow night at eight o'clock michael allen harrison kind of wraps everything up with his big performance so very exciting way to close out the festival of lights in fact if you were to head over there the next couple of days tonight resurrection catholic parish choir starts off the evening followed by saint john the baptist at seven o'clock ukrainian Holiday Vertep will be taking the stage, followed by Ascension Parish Hispanic Choir. And again, as you said, that Michael Allen Harrison concert at 8 o'clock tomorrow. That is sure to be a great evening. Remember, you can find details at Mater Dei Radio's community calendar. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Broadcasting the fullness of truth, this is Mater Day Radio. KBV in Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene Springfield. Translator K235BF Eugene and streaming at materdayradio.com. Hello, this is Emily Jaminette with A Mother's Moment. Love is a word that is used over and over again in our society. But as Catholics, we have a definition of this word that far surpasses pagan love. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, shows us directly what it means to love by laying his life down for each one of us and for our salvation. This type of love is best expressed in young children who oftentimes bubble over in love for their family members and their smile can melt anyone's heart. As mothers, we need to remember to express love in more than our emotions, but in our actions and in our will. Love is a decision. Love is a reaction of the heart in union with Jesus. Our Savior desires to enter into the depths of our soul illuminating it with love that can transform not only ourselves, but our family. So when you feel angry at a slowpoke child, a mess that you didn't make, or just tired of being tired, consider asking Jesus to help you love your family. Oftentimes, love can be expressed in not expressing the feelings that are clouding your decision to love, but rather learning to hold your tongue and trying to let the storm pass. Jesus will strengthen us if we ask him to. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, please help us to love our children. Amen. May we be a light in this world by learning to love even when we don't feel like it. 
At University of Portland, we celebrate the Christmas season as a time to rejoice in the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We strive to follow his example of kindness, generosity, and love as we fulfill our Holy Cross mission of educating the whole person. We believe in education with a deeper purpose and inspire students to become compassionate, critical thinkers engaged in a lifetime of faith-driven leadership and service. This is Father Peter Walsh from University of Portland's Campus Ministry wishing you and your family a very Merry Christmas. When Santa Claus wanted a new sleigh for his Christmas deliveries, he was hoping to give his old sleigh to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Unfortunately, we cannot accept reindeer. But if you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you are no longer using, we'd like to hear from you. Donating a vehicle to support great Catholic programs is quick and easy and a likely tax deduction. More information is on the web at materdayradio.com. And if you have any reindeer, you may want to get a hold of Santa. The Morning Blend. Check out our podcast at materdayradio.com. 7.56 at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And they're digging out in Buffalo from one of the worst storms in the history of that city. And a king, you would imagine, sits on a golden throne. But Pope Francis says Christ chose the manger and the cross as his throne. I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey guys, I'm Alina with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today, we celebrate the feast of a prominent English martyr, St. Thomas Becket of Canterbury. Born in London in 1118, Thomas was raised by middle-class parents and excelled in his education. He's described as athletic, having enjoyed hawking and hunting, and oftentimes was noted as being a little impetuous and strong-willed. But according to testimonies from his confessor, Thomas was an overall virtuous and upstanding man. When he was 24, he began working for the Archbishop of Canterbury. This spurred him into pursuing a full-time career in the church. Eventually, his ambition and hard work brought him to work directly with young King Henry II. The two hit it off quite well, and it's said that the pair worked together on matters of the church and state with one mind. When the archbishop passed away, Thomas was nominated to take his place. He truly didn't want the position, primarily because he knew it would drive a wedge between him and his king friend. Thomas is quoted saying, Should God permit me to be the archbishop of Canterbury, I would soon lose your majesty's favor, and the affection with which you honor me would be changed into hatred. For there are several things you do now in prejudice of the rights of the church, which make me fear you would require of me what I could not agree to, and envious persons would not fail to make it the occasion of endless strife between us. But the king didn't listen and made Thomas Archbishop of Canterbury. Things went downhill for the duo after that. Taking his new position in the church very seriously, Thomas would not acquiesce to King Henry, the way the old archbishop had. He couldn't, in good conscience, allow the king to pass laws or decrees that would go against the church. It would seem that these new responsibilities called Thomas to a higher standard, and this didn't sit well with the king. Envious foes whispered into the king's ear, pushing the friends further and further apart. Until at last, in a moment of wrath and exasperation, King Henry cried, Will no one rid me of this troublesome priest? Evidently, he didn't intend this to happen, but four of his all-too-eager knights 
took his words seriously. They murdered Thomas Becket in his own cathedral, stabbing him through the skull. When the king heard what happened, he was so upset. He fasted in his chambers for 40 days and later performed public penance at the Canterbury Cathedral, where his friend had been murdered. Three years later, Thomas Becket was canonized a saint. When we experience true conversion, some things in our lives simply cannot stay the same. I know someone who converted to Catholicism in college and had to let go of some really close friends because they tempted him to sin. His old friends didn't understand why he'd changed so much and hurtful things were said on their part. Kind of like with King Henry and Thomas, their friendship wasn't necessarily based on challenging each other to holiness. It was simply for good times and shallow laughs. The life of St. Thomas shows us a man who is willing to do right in the eyes of God, even if it meant frustrating his superior and even more painfully losing his friend. May we have such courage for our church today. St. Thomas Becket, ora pro nobis. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information on the saints and to pray with the saints, you can download the Hail Mary Media app. All the details are at matradayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news this hour, an update from the Vatican on Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. They say his condition is serious but stable. The Pope Emeritus was able to rest well last night, the statement said, and went on. He is absolutely lucid and alert, and today, although his condition remains serious, the situation at the moment is stable. That by Vatican Press Office Director Matteo Bruni. Now, Pope Francis, he said, renews his invitation to pray for him and to accompany him in these difficult hours. Roads reopened Thursday and storm besieged Buffalo as authorities continued searching for people who may have died or are struck and suffering after last week's blizzard. The driving ban in New York's second most populous city was lifted just after midnight, Mayor Byron Brown announced. Still, Brown urged residents not to drive if they don't have to. More than three dozen deaths have been reported in western New York from the blizzard that rage across much of the country, with Buffalo right in its crosshairs on Friday and Saturday. The National Guard was going door-to-door to check on people who lost power, and authorities faced the possibility of finding more victims as snow melted amid increasingly mild weather in the Buffalo area. Well, the manger and the cross are the chosen thrones of Jesus Christ our King, Pope Francis said on Wednesday. In his weekly address, Pope Francis emphasized the love with which Jesus came into the world, lived, suffered, and died. He also gave a particular focus to the words of St. Francis de Sales, a bishop and doctor of the church who died 400 years ago. Pope Francis said to mark the 400th anniversary of St. Francis de Sales' death, he is releasing an apostolic letter on the Bishop of Geneva, Switzerland. The title of the message? Everything Pertains to Love, was taken from St. Francis de Sales' Treatise on the Love of God, in which the saint wrote, In Holy Church, everything pertains to love, lives in love, is done for love, and comes from love. All travelers to the United States from China where COVID infections have surged will be required to provide a negative test from within the past 48 hours to enter the U.S. starting on January 5th. It follows rolling back of China's strict zero COVID policies that help keep its infection rate low but fuel public frustration and crushed economic growth. 
Physicians in China are reporting a massive increase in infections and deaths. Here in Oregon, Governor Kate Brown announced Wednesday she is appointing two justices to the Oregon Supreme Court, making every justice on the state's highest court a Brown appointee. Her announcement also included an appointment to the Oregon Court of Appeals and two appointments to the Multnomah County Circuit Court. Brown, whose tenure as governor ends in little more than a week, has appointed 112 judges during her time in office. Now, Brown's latest Supreme Court appointments are Stephen Bouchon and Bronson James. Bouchon has been a judge on the Multnomah County Circuit Court since 2008 and will fill the position created by Justice Thomas Balmer's retirement. James has been a judge on the Court of Appeals since 2017 and will fill the spot of Chief Justice Martha Walters as she retires. Hundreds of power crew members are still working to repair widespread damage and restore power to customers after more than 150,000 outages on Tuesday following a winter storm here in the Pacific Northwest. Pacific Power, PGE, and their contract crews are working around the clock to restore power to all customers. And Pacific Power and PGE said they expect the lights to be turned on for most people within the next day or two. The PGE said due to the severity of the winds and many of the outages that could extend into the weekend. Currently, the latest at 756 shows 695 outages affecting 9,300 people across the Willamette Valley. It's incredible to think that those that many people are still without power. That is a very, very difficult situation. So thanks to those workers who are working very hard to get that power returned. And they brought him in from all over the country to help. Oh. So, uh, yeah, thanks to all those people who've come into Oregon to, to lend a hand. Well, detectives have seized more than two dozen guns and nearly 60 pounds of different narcotics in Salem on Tuesday, part of a months-long investigation into drug and gun dealing manufacturing in the area, according to the Salem Police Department. The sting started with a traffic stop on Tuesday. In the vehicle, detectives reported finding two loaded handguns, cash, and plastic bags full of the powerful synthetic opioid fentanyl. Salem police estimated that taken all together, the drugs seized on Tuesday had a street value of just under $700,000. Salem Police Chief Trevor Womack said this work is being accomplished by detectives through the Safe Street Projects. This task force includes the Salem Police Department working in collaboration with multiple federal law enforcement agencies and the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Oregon. And in sports, the 26th Les Swab Invitational Boys Basketball Tournament continued last night at Liberty High School in Hillsboro. In a quarterfinal matchup, Sierra Canyon of California took out Central Catholic 87-48. The Trailblazers ran out to a 54-19 lead and cruised in route of the Rams. LeBron James's son, Brony James, scored a game-high 19 points in just 16 minutes. Zamir Pascal and Miles Berry chipped in six points apiece for the Ram, who committed 17 turnovers and struggled from the three-point line. In the consolation bracket, Jesuit down Lake Oswego, 57-42. Isaiah Crane and Henry Smith carried the load for the Crusaders, combining the knockdown five first-half three-pointers. Well, we don't hear much about St. Joseph in the Bible. He is simply described as the husband of Mary, 
a carpenter and a just man in the gospel accounts. Neither his age nor his death is ever mentioned in scripture. However, various scripture traditions help shed some light on the question and offer possible scenarios for us to consider. Now, a common tradition in the Orthodox Church is that Joseph was an old man when he married the Virgin Mary. And before taking Mary into his home, Joseph had a previous wife who died. This has led some to claim that these children were the brothers of Jesus that are mentioned in the Bible. And a 6th century text called the History of Joseph the Carpenter is at the heart of this tradition and states that Joseph was an old man, but youthful in vigor. On the other hand, though, many biblical scholars and historians believe Joseph was a young man, possibly even a teenager. The International Marian Research Institute states we believe that Mary and Joseph were both in their teens when Joseph was when Jesus was born, around 16 and 18 respectively. That was the norm for Jewish newlyweds at the time. In fact, Venerable Fulton Sheen shares a similar sentiment in The World's First Love. It states, he states, I should say, Joseph was probably a young man, strong, virile, athletic, handsome, chaste, and disciplined, the kind of man one sees working at a carpenter's bench. He was not in the evening of life, but in its morning, bubbling over with energy, strength, and controlled passion. Well, this theory takes into account the long journeys that the Holy Family took around Christ's birth. So the first was from Nazareth to Bethlehem, the second when they fled to Egypt. It's hard to imagine an elderly Joseph taking care of Mary and Jesus, he says, as they go into a foreign country. Well, whatever the truth is, Joseph was a just man who did all he could to protect and provide for Mary and Jesus. Uh, I did a little research after reading this article, Patrick. This is what I found out. It's 90 miles to walk from Nazareth to Bethlehem. No easy walk. And Mary was heavily pregnant at that time. Then that journey uh, from Bethlehem to Nazareth when the angel woke Joseph and said, flee to Egypt. They they estimate 1,242 miles, a journey that took three years, in fact. And hence, that's why we talk about the uh, holy innocence that we just celebrated that is why Herod killed those three years and younger. And think you had a a, a a newborn baby, a crying baby most of the time, I would imagine, yes. you know, being uncomfortable in that that travel. It, it's hard to imagine. I've seen some speculation that Joseph may have been in his 90s and that I, I just uh, don't, don't see that. But, you know, it's something we're going to have to ask when we get there. I think you're right. <laughs> it's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Saturday at 6 o'clock, it is the New Year's Eve Vespers Potluck and Game Night at St. Stephen's Catholic Church. All are invited to join the St. Stephen community for Vespers, including the singing of the Te Deum for a plenary indulgence. After that, the event shifts to Carmody Hall for Potluck Dinner and Game Night. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to that community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. He's the dynamic deacon, and he's got four great ways for you to get 2023 off to a fantastic start. We'll take a look at those methods and check the weather right after this. 
Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the Spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. Get 2023 off to a powerful start with Monterey Radio's Hail Mary Media app. Make your resolution to grow closer to Christ in the new year, and we'll give you the tools to achieve that goal, including a huge library of audio, video, and text prayers. You could even set a customized schedule of your personal prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you catch a live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and access podcasts of all our original programming, including shows not available on the radio. Plus, there's unique features in our Catholic Lifestyle section, The Bridge, exciting local events on our interactive community calendar, and much more. Resolve to download it today. Just search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MaterDayRadio.com and follow the instructions. Make 2023 your year to grow closer to Jesus with the Hail Mary Media app. From Maturday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.14 here at Mater Day Ready Radio. Well, it's already a wet commute this morning. More to come as we move through the afternoon. A winter weather advisory now posted through tomorrow morning in the Cascades. Snow levels coming down to 3,000 feet, but they say we're going to have that wintry mix, maybe a little bit of sleet if you're heading over those mountain passes. So be ready for that. Our daytime highs today in the metro area in the upper 40s. Then not much of a change overnight as we drop just to the lower 40s. And then more rain for Friday. It looks like New Year's Eve could be mostly dry. That'll be a nice break. 42 right now at Immaculate Conception Parish in Staten. And it is also 42 degrees at Immaculate Heart Catholic Church up in Kelso, Washington. Well, joining us this morning is the dynamic deacon. Harold Burke Sivers is with us. 
Deacon, great to have you here. And as we approach the end of 2022 and get ready for the brand new year, what do you have in store? I know you're always on the move. So what's going to be going on in the new year for you? Oh, I've got a lot of interesting things going on, actually. Um, still more travel, you know, a lot of new events this year, a lot of uh, places I'll be going to that I haven't been before. Uh, I also have an interesting new venture, which I'm not ready to talk about now, but it'll probably change the way that uh, uh, that my ministry unfolds, you know, oh. mo- moving forward. Yeah, so so uh, I'll I'll talk about that more uh, once that kind of comes to fruition. Uh, another book coming out next year, and uh, book number six, Ignatius <laughs> Press, and I'm um, working on my seventh book right now as well. So a lot of a lot of great things happening. Can you divulge what the book's going to be? About? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a uh, building a civilization of love, a Catholic response to racism. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, be out in I'm the fall. glad you're expanding on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be out in the fall. So internationally, any pilgrimages coming up next year? Yeah, so I'm going with uh, Sonia Corbett uh, to the Holy Land, uh, and then I'm going with Father Leo Padalinghung. Uh, we're going to go to Croatia and to Northern Italy. And then I'm going to be going to uh, Mexico uh, with Priest for Life. And then um, going to Greece, Footsteps of St. Paul, with the wonderful priest I met at the Good News Marriage Cruise uh, last year. Um, we're going to be going to uh, Greece, Footsteps of St. Paul. So, yeah. That, yeah. That's some frequent flyer miles. Yeah, there. yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. So as we get ready for the new year, Deacon, how should Catholics look at resolutions and, and and preparing for for the change in the calendar yeah so you know what what typically happens is many people make resolutions i'm going to lose weight i'm going to exercise more i'm going to get that new job and you know i'm finally going to do it this year but i i think you know the church and her wisdom uh, has made january 1st the the solemnity of mary the mother of god right mm-hmm. so when you look at jesus you know he looked just like any child looks like their their parent, right? It looks like there's some features of of their uh, of well, Jesus in Jesus' case, features of his mother, right? So, and I think we need spiritually to do the same thing. So when we when we look at Jesus as our brother, right? So Jesus, is our brother, Mary is our mother, right? So we also have some of the characteristics of Jesus. So can people see Christ in us? You know, um, can people see the light of Christ in us? Can people? see God's face when they look at us? Can people see Christ's heart when they experience us? You know, because we can never forget that sometimes people may encounter Christ sometimes for the first time when they meet you, right? So so that's one thing to remember. The other thing to remember, we also have some characteristics of Blessed Mother as well, right? When we receive the Eucharist and the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, in a sense, we're pregnant with Jesus, right? And, and just like when she became pregnant with the Lord, her first instinct was to go out and so that's our first instinct and the mass receive eucharist and we go out to be eucharist to the world so um and she had that beautiful prayerfulness that beautiful obedience that unwavering trust that enduring love so those are the characteristics we do to embody when we're looking at this new year and i think um there's four ways that we can do that first of all we have to get to know jesus more intimately you know um so that means to me turn off the television <laughs> and spend some more time learning about the faith. And it's an easy way to do that. First of all, listen to modern day radio. That's like the best way. I like that. Uh, and, and then when you have apps, right? So if you're driving your car, instead of listening to political talk radio, instead of listening to sports, instead of listening to whatever secular music, how about spending 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however long in your car, um, learning something about the faith you didn't know before. 
right? Maybe about indulgences, or maybe about angels, or, or maybe, you know, about the, the emphasis on the Eucharist that the bishops have for the next three years. Maybe you want to learn more about Christ's real presence in the Eucharist. To use that time to fill those gaps and spaces with things that are going to help you come closer to Jesus, right? Being close to just one. Second, um, spend more personal time with Jesus. And the best way to do that is adoration. Uh-huh. Without, without question, without doubt. Find an hour a week and make a commitment for an hour a week to spend with Jesus. It'll end up being the best hour of your week for sure. There's no question about that. Then third, I think overcoming the power of sin in your life, uh, going to the sacrament of reconciliation more frequently. Really make a commitment and then uh, cooperate with the grace that you receive from that sacrament to, to not fall into the same traps, to recognize what are your triggers Right, that cause that lead you into sin, that lead you to overeat, that lead you to look at pornography, that lead you to lie or to cheat or whatever it is that your your vice is. You know, uh, really cooperate with the grace of the sacrament to figure out what are your triggers and to do whatever you can to avoid whatever leads you to sin. Right. And then finally, um, I think promoting vocations. Right. Oh. And, the, and the way to do that is to um, uh, to strengthen families. You know, so, so to, uh, the more we strengthen families, you know, instead of, instead of, for example, saying to your kids, what are you going to be when you grow up, which is a typical question that we like to ask kids, what about, what is it that you think God wants you to do with your life? Huh, see, you see the d- difference? Because now you're inviting God to be in that space to help you in your decision making on, because, you know, you, when your will your wants, your needs, your hopes, desires, and your dreams are in communion with God's will. Your will and God's will are one. Now you're truly free to become the person who God created you to be. Right? So creating opportunities in the family for that to happen, you know, I, I think is really important. So what happens overall with those four things, you become a blessing to God. <laughs> right? It's, it's, that's how we bless God oh. by becoming the person who created us to be. And I think uh, those are four wonderful ways to do just that i think they all kind of dovetail together mm-hmm. deacon harold burke sivers is our guest here this morning and the way the eucharist just kind of intertwines through all of yes this, the adoration Absolutely. and then of course reconciliation you have to have reconciliation to be able to receive worthily yes. and and then without a vocation to the priesthood if that is certainly what a vocation is being called to you can't have the Eucharist without priest, right? Right. Whether marriage, religious life, whatever it may be, your vocation, the Eucharist has to be the heart and the center of your life. You know, because Christ has to be the heart and center of your life. And and in the other sacraments, he's present there, but he's fully present substantially there, body, blood, soul, divinity in the most blessed sacrament of the Eucharist. So that's the, all the other sacraments in a sense, you know, uh, revolve around the Eucharist because Christ is the heart and the center of our entire our entire being, our entire existence, our entire life. So I can do this really well in January, but <laughs> how do I do it really well the rest of the well, year? Well, how do I get it to stick? That's the thing. Once once you make a commitment, um, you know, after 30, you do the same thing for 30 days, right? Then it becomes a habit. Like, so for example, for me, the big thing for me this year was, and I, for you too, is the weight loss. I can see you lost a tremendous amount of weight. I lost about 80 pounds this year. And and um, once I made that commitment, it was hard in the beginning. There's no question about that. Oh, yeah. But once you make the commitment to do that, to... Uh, to really make the commitment to eat better, to go to the gym, to keep doing those things over and over again, they become habitual. Then it would just become part of your normal routine. 
You know, so I've had to change some things in my life and change some routines to be able to to do that. And what's the benefit? It's not just the health benefit of, of losing the weight and being healthier and all of that. It, it, it's now that it's, it's the body, mind, soul connection right now that I'm more physically um, fit and, and in better shape. I'm now in a better position to be able to serve God in the mm-hmm. way that he needs me to the way that he's called me to. You know, with, with my travel schedule and all the other things, you know, uh, carrying the extra weight was was hard, you know. Uh, but now it's it's become easier. My mind's become clear. I'm able to focus better. So everything in my life, all the balance in my life has uh, been able to come into in greater perspective because of the better balance between body, mind and soul. So I think once you get into the habit of doing these things, they just become part of your routine and part of who you are, you know, uh, and, and I think that's the best part. I think one of the things that people can do is to go on to your incredible website. There's some tremendous resources there for them to understand these concepts a little bit better and to get them to stick. So why don't you give us the address and, and tell us about some of those resources? Yeah, just deaconharrell.com. This is pretty simple. Yeah. And the, the resources, so under the media tab, there's a drop-down menu there. And you can see everything from um, you know the, the uh, movie that I was involved in about the rosary, you know, Power in My Hands. Mm-hmm. You can see publications, all my media stuff, everything, uh, interviews that I've been in, involved in, uh, audio or, or written articles that I've written are all, everything is there. And of course, you go to my social media, you know, my website, I have over 1,200 YouTube videos now and all <sighs> categorized under, under a particular playlist. So if you want something for men, something, you know, parish missions, um, family, different things that I have all broken down, high, talks I've given at high schools and universities around, around the world, actually, are all listed on, on, on the playlist on YouTube. YouTube there and, and on my other social media as well. So best, easiest place to go, DeaconHarold.com. DeaconHarold.com. He's Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and that's a great way to start the new year. I hope you have a wonderful 2023, Deacon. Thank you. You too. And to all the, the, the wonderful family at Modern Day Radio. And it is 825 here at Modern Day Radio. Well, another great way to start off 2023 it's to download the Hail Mary Media app. You know, there's only about seven weeks from the beginning of the new year to when Lent starts. And if you want to access those great Lenten resources, well, you need to download the app. Go to MontredayRadio.com to find out all the information or go to your app store on your smartphone. Type in Hail Mary Media. You'll see that beautiful blue image of Our Lady and the logo of Day Radio. Download it today. It is absolutely free. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. 
God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Mater Day Radio. 826 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Oh, what a night in San Diego for the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> we'll have all the details on that big win coming up next. And the Vatican has united the entire world to focus prayers on Pope Benedict. I'll have an update on his health in three minutes. Here is Joshua Blakesley now with more beautiful Christmas music. Love has captured the night. You are listening to The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio.
Matra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life with Joshua Blakesley. It's 8.30. And in your news, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI condition is serious but stable. Vatican issued a statement on his update. Pope Francis has asked for special prayers for the Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, whom he said is very ill. Concluding the general audience on Wednesday morning, the Pope said, in silence, he is sustaining the Church. Answering questions put to him by journalists, the director of the Vatican Press Office, Matteo Bruni, confirmed that in the last few hours there has been an aggravation of Benedict XVI's health due to advancing age. He added that the situation at the moment remains under control and that the Pope Emeritus is constantly monitored by doctors. And the update from the Vatican this morning says that the Pope Emeritus was able to rest well last night. He is absolutely lucid and alert today. Although his condition remains serious, the situation at the moment, he is stable. Multiple regions of Ukraine, including its capital, faced a massive Russian missile attack earlier this morning. The biggest wave of strikes in weeks targeting power stations and other critical infrastructure during freezing weather. Air raid sirens rang out across the country and preliminary reports showed Russia fired 69 missiles at energy facilities and Ukrainian forces shot down 54 of them. Several people were wounded, although there were no immediate reports of any deaths. Well, the manger and the cross are the chosen thrones of Jesus Christ, our King, Pope Francis said on Wednesday. In his message, Francis emphasized the love with which Jesus came into the world, lived, suffered, and died. He also gave a particular focus on the words of St. Francis de Sales, a bishop and doctor of the church who died 400 years ago. Pope Francis said to mark the 400th anniversary of St. Francis de Sales' death, he is releasing an apostolic letter on the Bishop of Geneva. The title of the message, Everything Pertains to Love, that was taken from St. Francis de Sales' treatise on the love of God, in which the saint wrote, In Holy Church, everything pertains to love, lives in love, is done for love, and comes from love. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler presented Governor-elect Tina Kotak of Oregon and lawmakers with an expansive list of policy and funding requests yesterday, including asks aimed at addressing homelessness, building affordable housing, and decreasing traffic fatalities. Wheeler provided Kotak with a written copy of his request at their weekly meeting yesterday, according to his office. Wheeler is asking Kotak to declare a homelessness state of emergency in Oregon, something Kotak promised to do during her campaign for governor. The mayor's office asks that the emergency declaration include state assistance to help the city plan and construct designated camping sites and provide additional resources for behavioral, mental, and physical health supports. Well, Governor Kate Brown announced Wednesday she is appointing two justices to the Oregon Supreme Court, making every justice on the state's highest court a Brown appointee. Her announcement also included an appointment to the Oregon Court of Appeals and two appointments to the Multnomah County Circuit Court. Brown, whose tenure as governor ends in little more than a week, has appointed 112 judges during her time in office. Now, Brown's latest Supreme Court appointments are Stephen Bouchong and Bronson James. 
Bouchong has been a judge on the Multnomah County Circuit Court since 2008, will fill the position created by Justice Thomas Balmer's retirement. And James has been a judge on the Court of Appeals since 2017, will fill the spot of Chief Justice Martha Walters as she retires. Hundreds of power crews are still working hard to repair widespread damage across the Willamette Valley with power outages continuing. PGE and Pacific Power and their contract crews are working around the clock to restore power to all customers, and they hope to have that completed by the end of the weekend. Current report out of PGE shows 732 outages still remain, affecting 8,600 customers still in the dark, Brenda. Wow, but slowly but surely, they are bringing it down. I think at the height of the blackouts, over 100,000 people were in the dark. Yeah, they are, are working diligently and working fast to get that done. Well, what is happening in Houston, Texas, Patrick? I want to know this. Some 1,600 bats. Bats that fly around found a temporary home this week in the attic of a Houston Humane Society director. But it wasn't because they made it their roost. It was because it was a temporary recovery space for the flying mammals after they lost their grip, plunged to the pavement after going into hypothermic shock during the city's recent cold snap. On Wednesday, over 1,500 were released back to their wild habitats. That's under two Houston area bridges. After wildlife rescuers scooped them up and saved them by administering fluids and keeping them warm in incubators. The Humane Society now realizing the work ahead. Well, they're going to start raising money for facility upgrades. That's going to include a bat room. This is crazy. I've lived there 13 years and never saw one bat in the whole time I lived in Houston. <laughs> you never. Were obviously... The only bats I saw were, were at Minute Maid Park, and they belonged to the Astros. Those were the only bats I saw when I lived there. You so... were not living under the bridge with the, toll, <laughs> the trolls in uh, in Houston, apparently. But that's wild. That is I... Austin is known for its bats. You know, I lived there 10 years, and they, bats are big there in Austin. They, even the hockey team's named the Ice Bats, but uh, not Houston. That's, that's wild. If I ever made a trip into Houston. I am just <laughs> warm time or cold season. I am not walking under any bridges in Houston. You can forget that. Hey, speaking of sports, the Oregon Ducks ended Coach Dan Lanning's first season last night with an incredible last-minute victory over North Carolina in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. It was the very first football game ever played at Petco Park, and oh, what a game. Memorable. The Ducks trailed for most of the second half, but with just 19 seconds left in the fourth quarter, Oregon quarterback Mo Nix threw a touchdown pass to Chase Cotta to tie the score at 27. Then it got very interesting. The Ducks kicked uh, what would have been a routine extra point. It hit the upright but <laughs> bounced in, giving the Ducks a 28-27 win in the last minute. Oregon ends the season 10-3 and on the season <laughs> It was it was crazy. You just have to have to think, you know, what is up with that kick hitting the upright? But it went in. So it you counts. know, yep, you know that's a baseball stadium for the San Diego Padres where they played. There's a movie, Angels in the Outfield. It seems as though they stuck around for the Holiday Bowl. Hey, and speaking of the Ducks, the Oregon State Beavers will try to continue their three-game winning streak when they hit the road to take on the Oregon Ducks. Uh, that'll be at Saturday at 5 o'clock in Eugene's Matthew Knight Arena. Always fun when the Beavers and the Ducks get together. No matter what the sport is, it could be tiddlywinks. It's exciting. So that'll be Saturday in Matthew Knight Arena.
It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, coming up January 6th through the 8th, it is the annual Archbishop's Discernment Retreat. It's a weekend of prayer, reflection, and conversation with Archbishop Sample for single men ages 18 to 50. Men interested in attending the retreat should contact their pastor for a registration form. Remember, you can find all the details. Just head over to our community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. You're about to be outnumbered, Brenda, because there are two Texans in the room. Oh, no. <laughs> I can already feel it. We've got Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland, joining us after we check the weather next. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Christians are often accused of bigotry for opposing the homosexual lifestyle, but such a charge is unfounded. First, the charge wrongly defines bigotry as having a negative opinion about a behavior. Bigotry is having a negative opinion based on emotion rather than reason, unwilling to give a fair hearing to opposing views, and engaging in invective rather than reasoned debate. Mere opposition to sexual activity among members of the same sex doesn't fit that bill. Second. The objection fails to distinguish between negative opinions about a practice and negative opinions about a person. A negative judgment on homosexual behavior no more implies a negative view of the people involved than a negative judgment on any other type of immoral behavior. So to my Christian friends I say fear not and continue to stand strong. You're not a bigot for opposing homosexual behavior. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. Hi everyone, this is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Mater Dei Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. 842 at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life, and it's a little soggy on the bridge today. 90% chance of rain with a high up to 46, increasing to a 100% chance of rain tonight, and the temperature will stay steady at 46. Chance of rain at a quarter to a half inch possible before we hit the weekend, like we need more. Right now, uh, it's it's still coming down out there. Well, currently it is raining and 42 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. And 41 at St. Francis of Assisi in Roy. So is God calling you? 
to be with him in a more deeper way. Joining us today is the director of the vocations office here for the Archdiocese of Portland. There is a very special retreat coming up with our Archbishop Alexander Sample, Father Peter Julia, joining us live in studio this morning. Good morning, Father Julia. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Brenda and Pat. It's good to be with you guys. Always, always. We always have a good time here. Well, we're going to have a very good time today. We've just been talking throughout the week. You know, Christmas happened, but... It is a season for Catholics, so the 25th, just getting the party started, we get to celebrate for eight days the octave of Christmas and then into the new year, all the way to Epiphany. Is that the official end of Christmas? Yeah, in terms of the liturgical season, that's kind of, you know, our, our kickoff for the next the next stage, so to speak. So, yeah. Could well, we go 40 days, though, to the presentation, right? Well, yeah, in terms of like the Christmas, see, kind of almost like the Easter season, but in terms of like the special like liturgical days, you know, the epiphany, it kind of, you'll, you'll kind of move into a, a mode that seems a little bit more more ordinary, if you will, <laughs> you know, so to speak. And then you got to turn around in, in late February and we start Lent. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's why um, I was filling in at the cathedral this morning, and you know, so everybody tries to get their vacation, and a lot of the priests <laughs> right now, you know, because there's that small window, like you said, Pat, and so you just kind of have to get get going because you're tired. A lot of the priests are really tired for Advent and, and the Christmas season, and so you try to take these small windows. Many people's parishes might be their office might be closed this week, and so. People tend to, to lay low this week, especially priests. <laughs> yeah. So I think that kind of points to the importance of the fact that we need more vocations. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, this is an exciting retreat for me because I am a two-time attendee as a discerner my, myself. Oh. And in fact, the, the, the first discernment retreat that I ever went on, the, the same one, Archbishop's discernment retreat, it was Archbishop Lasney at the time. And... Um, I met Father Brent Crow and also Father Rick Lefebvre on that retreat. So it was pretty fun to have two guys that were also discerning on that retreat that are now now brother priests of mine. And then and then many others and a lot of the other retreats, especially ones that I went on as a seminarian and everything. And it, it tends to be the thing that gets you over the hump or, or sort of the clincher. I, I know for me, you know, I had moved here in 2008 from Colorado Springs and I didn't really know anybody. And I'll say like, I think of some of the communities now, the the, the young community around St. Michael, the young adult community around St. Patrick and, and the cathedral. And, and those just did not exist when I moved here. And, um, and so when I met all the men at that retreat, I was like, oh, I'm not the only one. There's, there's a real feeling that you actually see other men who are actually thinking about that because you never meet them in daily life and and everybody tends to be so spread out. You might know one guy or two guys, but they're just kind of in 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 your local parish and you know you just don't know it until you get an opportunity to get together and then hear the archbishop um the archbishop speak and and I think for a lot of men to have a devoted weekend to do that is huge. Well, I think for our archbishop too, you've been talking about vacations. How wonderful to be able to take that pause and step away from his ordinary duties as our Archbishop and to really spend focused time in prayer, helping those discern. Father Julia, can you explain to our listeners what that means to discern? Because I think as a parent, I always talk to my kids about, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Is that what discernment is, is trying to decide, well, this is what I want to do when I grow up, be a priest? 
Yeah, in many ways, you know, discernment leads to deciding, but but you know, really what you're doing is you're you're taking in a lot of the evidence that's sort of presented of you. Okay, like what it what do you hear in the silence of your heart and mind? You know, do do you feel like do you ever get that sort of knocking at the door like I could be a priest or you see your your parish priest preaching a homily or doing something and be like and have some sort of pull or attraction to that. So you're paying attention to something like that. What is that inner tug at, at your heart? But then you're also paying attention to what other people might notice in you. I often say that, you know, people tend to notice our vocation in us before we notice it in ourselves, because all of us are unworthy, every single priest that was ever ordained, and you feel it. And I think the devil tries to make you feel it so that he tries to separate us from God and from being out in the vineyard. So sometimes we might feel like, well, I'm not up to that task. But then who knows, maybe just a parishioner or one of your family members might say, have you ever thought about being a priest? And so you're really taking in a lot of different information. You know, the people that know you well, you know, what what is your relationship to the church and what is your relationship to God? Do you feel an attraction to things? So you're actually looking at multiple sources. It's, it's a little bit of detective work, you know, in discernment in a lot of ways, you know. Joining us this morning is Father Peter Julia. He is the director of the Office of Vocations here in the Archdiocese of Portland. He's joining us today to talk a little bit about an upcoming discernment retreat with our Archbishop Alexander Sample for men who are interested in the priesthood. Well, Father Julia, can you explain to us then for those who would be coming, like what at what point in this discernment process are they? Is it like, I mean, like Covatus days almost kind of throws a wide net where it's young men, teenagers uh, that kind of are exposed to the priesthood. Or now are we talking about, as you said, people who have evidence that are kind of pointing them into a direction uh, and that this weekend is designed for that? Right, right. Yeah. So often men who've, who are starting to take it a bit more seriously, a, a little bit older tends tends to be. And, and actually, many of them were attendees of Quovatis Days. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's a young man that I'm thinking of right now that'll be there that went to Quovatis Days all four years of his high school time frame. And, and I recently had a conversation with him and he'll be on the retreat. And so it is kind of an exciting time to say, like, well, do I take the next step of discernment? I think a lot of people sometimes think, oh, he's off to the seminary. He's going to be a priest. But but we just call that sort of the next step in discernment. Because okay. there's many years in the seminary before you sort of really firm up the decision. You're still kind of discerning there. And so a lot of the men on this retreat will hear things like that. Remember, if you decide to go to the seminary, you know, men still discern out of the seminary, but, but often it's an important stage because, um, you know, you'll meet men sometimes, you know, that maybe had thought about it, but never gave it a chance. And there's a little bit of that agitation, that little what if question Mm. in their life later on. But, but the men that I know who went to the seminary and then maybe were called to marriage and discerned out of the seminary, it's not a question mark in their mind, you know, anymore. And so I I think it's important. And and Archbishop says that, you know, it's important for the men to to give it a shot. Like if you feel like the Lord might be calling you, you kind of owe it to him. I affectionately call him the closer, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) because uh, I'll talk to the guys, I'll talk to the guys, but, but, you know, our shepherd, you know, and the charism of, of a bishop, you know, there there is something that, you know, the bishops are the successors to the apostles. and, And when he speaks, um, a lot of these young men truly listen. And, and so a lot of the times 
when he when he tells them give it a shot, you know, a lot of the men, you know, really step up from what they hear from the archbishop. So how many men do we have currently discerning in the archdiocese? Oh, gosh, you know, it, it's so interesting because men are in so many different stages. You know, one of our most uh, recent seminaries, seminarians, um, it took me three years of work to get. I wasn't even the vocation director when I first talked to him <laughs> about it. I, I, you know, he was working at a parish, one of our parish offices in the archdiocese. And I said, have you ever thought about becoming a priest? And so three years later, he entered. So you have guys in every stage of it, like ready to go, ready to enter. Like one, one of the guys who served for me at the cathedral this morning is, uh, filled out the application and he's ready to go, um, come this fall. But then other guys are still kind of like just thinking about it. But I would say I I'm regularly talking to about 15 men. Um, but they're in such varying stages of readiness. And, And so we're just trying to help give them the courage to take the next leap. Well, that discernment retreat <clears throat> is coming up January 6th through the 8th. Uh, Father Julia, for men who are listening or people who are listening who think, I know somebody who uh, should be going to this weekend, what's the process then at this point? How uh, well, how do they reserve their spot uh, with Archbishop Sample for this retreat? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If there's anybody interested, if you just go to pdxvocations.org and then you'll see the contact email there and say, hey, I'm interested in going to the retreat. And then we'll respond to you with the registration form and then you can get ready, um, ready to go. And so just contact either call or or email the vocations um, office and then we'll get back to you and get you on the retreat. It's at Our Lady of Peace retreat house. I know many, many people here have been to Our Lady of Peace. I did their Christmas Eve mass uh, this year. And so for me, it's always great to to go and be with the sisters. They're such, uh, it, it is really a peaceful um, oh. house and retreat uh-huh. to, to be in. And, and it, like I said, I was a two-time attendee. And I actually also my cousin, um, Brother Rafino, who's a Franciscan <clears throat> friar of the Renewal in Honduras, he also came with me to that discernment retreat. And, and, you know, he had a vocation as well. Wow. So even if it's not to the archdiocese, sometimes it's a springboard to your vocation anyway, what, what the Lord is actually calling you to. Father Peter, before you take off, could we get your priestly blessing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And with, and with your, your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And if you are interested in this retreat, I will be sure to add a link to where you can find the information from the Office of Vocations. You can find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman co-hosts of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend. Two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio. 
the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 855 at Mater Day Radio. Weather-wise, 90% chance of rain today. High going to hit 46 and stay there through the evening. Wind should pick up. We could see between a quarter and a half inch of rain possible. Right now, 41 in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Unspoken. Start a fire. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. That is unspoken and start a fire. It's 8:59 right here at Mater Day Radio. 
Well, Brenda, this has been a real blast filling in for David. But David will be back on Tuesday. So I'll uh, exit stage left, if you will. But I can't think of a better way to wrap up my last day with you than having a a fellow Baylor Bear here, Father Peter Julio. Oh, it's good to be with you guys. I love it. Oh, well, you made this end of the show just really a blessed time for us. And so, you know, uh, we are going on a little bit of a New Year's break. And so the Morning Blend will be back live on Tuesday. And as you said, David will be with us. So that is going to wrap it up for us on this last Morning Blend of 2022. We've got great programming, even though the Morning Blend won't be live. Well, you're going to hear the best of what we've been doing the last month. We hope you have a very blessed afternoon. Merry Christmas.